mic. I am going to do the countdown. I think. Let me just come on. I'm very, oh, I'm very exhausted, Mike. All right. Fair. So I, I hit these over, buttons. I think we overplayed sometimes for E3 a little. Maybe. Yeah. No, you, there, there are schools of thought that could go either way. Yeah. And right now I'm in the, the school of thought where maybe we overplay. I think, um, I think the pre-writes have gone a little out of control. One part of me was to be like, you know, I could just write what these things get now so I can do that stuff in two, in like a yeah, minute. It's I, fine. Hey, hey, if, you, if that's how you feel about that, I think you probably should just kind of lean that way. Maybe just get the uh, stuffs ready. Who knows? I, I, I bet don't I'll do, Yeah, I mean, I'll, trust me, I'm not, I don't do very extensive pre-writes for when I have 20 of them coming up. I was going to strangle D when he's like, let's, uh, oh, we should, right now, we should decide to do these two things. I'm like, no, <laughs> too late. No. Yes, it is too Sorry. late for that when it comes to the Okay, it's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. It is the podcast where we decide everything that is happening in the world of video games, so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... It's me, Mike Minotti. And uh, yeah, today's episode, we are going to go over some news, we're going to cover some games, uh, we are going to be probably be talking just a lot about E3, E3's on our minds, it's kind of the only thing that's really I'm happening not. right now. It's soon, yeah. maybe. Yeah, very soon. Um, so we're excited about that. I am uh, looking forward to it myself. I'm, I, I, Mike, I think I'm at the point where I am like, oh, I'm looking forward to E3 now. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. You know, we've done it enough. Yeah. We have to do. Yeah, it, I, like, it's, it's like, I don't know. I can be a little stressful, but I don't get as stressed out about it as I feel like I'm supposed to be. Or like, I, yeah, I feel I, like some of my colleagues get, I guess. Is what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I, um, I... Don't know, know if I necessarily get uh, stressed about, well, like, once I'm there. It's more that I just, um, when it's so far away, it's so nebulous, and I'm like, oh, I have to be thinking about it as if it were happening in order to plan it accurately. That's the part that stresses me out. When it's like, okay, in two days, I'm going to be on a plane to E3, that's much different. Sure. That's like, okay, now it's that, within grasp. Now it actually is my life, and I I can survive <laughs> this thing. So It's my life. Yeah. Now it's yeah. now or never. It really is now or never, uh, as the great Bon John Vovi said. What, bon, what did I John say? Bon Vovi? Bon John Vovi? Is that what I said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't say it right. That's, that's the man's name. I mean, that's not my fault. Uh, all right. First, I want to thank everyone for joining us, though, before we go any further into this hot mess. Uh, you can get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. You could share any thoughts you have with the show by emailing GamesPlusPodcast at VentureBeat.com. That's the plus sign in there. We also have Twitter accounts where you can reach out to us at GBDecides and at GamesBeat. Uh, if you are watching the video version of this on YouTube or Facebook, there is an audio version. Uh, it goes out to anywhere where pods are caught, Google Play. Uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and if you like the show, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find it, uh, moves us up those rankings. That really makes a big difference. Um, Mike, let's 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 go over the few games that we have been playing in the time where times where we have been planning for E3. Um, I, I think you probably just got a few things to catch up on. I, I know you were kind of diving back into Overwatch. I will actually. What has been your Overwatch play over the last couple of months? Like, have you been uh, sticking with it like you were? Uh, yeah, I was, I mean, not, a, I haven't been playing it quite as much as I maybe once did. Uh, I had, you know, uh, kind of Fortnite come in and be a thing to play. So I was doing that. Uh, and mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, some of my friends just weren't playing it quite as much, but I've been getting into it again. Um, really what I've been doing lately is they, they just kind of released a pretty big P, uh, PTR patch 
that's pretty uh, exciting. It's the kind of has the Symmetra re- rework where they're getting right. rid of all pretense that she's a defense character. It, in fact, there aren't defense characters anymore. There's just one class that's called Damage now, which okay. I think is pretty good. Just like you know, it's like the idea that Junkrat is somehow this character that like you only play on defense or something like that. It's it's pretty ridiculous, right? So yeah, it, it, it's it's still it's kind of uh, interesting to me that they're like they can make that sort of change this late into the game. But at the same time, it really is. It's just a word above characters. It doesn't really mean anything. Right. And they are doing a lot to her for this change. A lot of things are very different. Uh, like, I mean, a lot of her ability, her teleporter is now just like a normal ability. And you kind of like just instantly makes like kind of like a two-way thing and people can use it by pushing a button. Then it goes away after a short amount of time. Her new ultimate is just like a giant wall that goes across the stage for and it lasts for like 15 seconds and space like it has like 5,000 health or something ridiculous so basically just lasts until 15 seconds or up so that's pretty nuts <coughs> um she needed to be reworked because people were getting frustrated with her up to this point or what no she just wasn't good enough is, is what it was she, she just wasn't, wasn't good enough okay no she wasn't very viable really she'd be like and she was already worked reworked once because she wasn't very good no yeah i remember that yeah and i thought yeah. well here's here was my understanding based on memes on twitter which is where i get all my news you know this about me mike um i i thought people were like oh I got killed by Symmetra again. I always get killed by Symmetra. Uh, and I thought it had been that way since the rework. People were like, oh, she just melts people. And I thought it was still this melting. No, nah, you can just stop her pretty easily for the most part, okay. really, with like a decent team comp. Because, um, I mean, to melt people, she has to get right in their faces, right? And there's right. we had so many characters, like so many stuns now, especially with Brigitte, or whatever her name is. That, like that's just pretty hard. Like her new her fire now doesn't just, it's still like, ramps up but doesn't just lock on immediately anymore right right so so uh, uh, do you think they the rework was needed because she wasn't viable or because she wasn't fun a little bit of both but i don't think mostly like especially like in like if you watch overwatch league like the very top tier no one's right. ever gonna play okay Metro, right right and part of it too was like her weird classification as a support character um so yeah, there there's things needed to be done. Cool. Well, that's uh, I, I, it's something like I'm like okay, I really played a ton of Overwatch in that first year, and I was always think maybe about going back, but it's one of those games where it's like ah, oh, I could always go back to it any time, so I ended up never going back to it, and now I'm like, yeah, <laughs> maybe this is a good time. I I always like playing. I mean, it's always a good, it's always an easy game to go back to. So right, there's no there's no barrier exactly. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I will say that I put in some time with Mario Tennis Aces, Mike. Did you play this at all? I didn't get that. This is kind of when I was like, I was away while this happened. Okay. So over the weekend, Nintendo put up, I, I forget what they called it, but it was basically just a demo weekend for the game and it's coming out soon. Um, and anyone could download it and anyone could play it. And I did. And I, I whew, Mike, it's really good. That's what I'm hearing. I'm kind of excited. It's so... It, there, there's a lot happening with it, but I think the, the 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 like the most basic way that you could describe it is it's a fighting game. Um, they turned Mario Tennis fully into a fighting game. It feels honestly it feels a little bit like Arms, but it's like more complicated and satisfying than Arms. Um, so it it is tennis. It's just a tennis game. You're you're hitting the ball back and forth, and a lot of the game is just trying to uh, you know surprise your opponent with a with a hit that they weren't expecting, so that it bounces on their side and then goes out, and you get the point. Um, but there are a lot of ways to do that. And, uh, you can, 
you have a meter that builds up. I think it's called your star meter. And as you build up the star meter, you could you you could spin that star meter in several ways. One of the ways is you can hold down right trigger and run around in basically bullet time. Uh, and this is a good this is good for returning what are like zone shots. And these are other things you could do with your zone meter with the uh, star meter. Once the star meter is about a third of the way full, it'll turn yellow, which indicates you have enough points to uh, use one of these zone shots. So if a, if, a, if a hit's coming towards you and there's a star on your side of the court, you go to that star, you tap the R button, and you'll jump up in the air and basically do a bullet time shot back at this person. This is a super powerful shot that you can aim either with the analog sticks or with those gyro controls. And I will say this has been the best example of, of gyro control aiming in one of these games. It makes perfect sense. You're you're so into the game that you're probably already holding it upright so that you can actually get the right angle when you start moving it. Right. Um, and and getting like the precise aiming with that in those heated moments, uh, especially since you are using the face buttons with your right thumb and you don't want to jump to the right analog stick because that's kind of a fumbling motion, uh, it works really well. Um, once you, so once you hit the shot, it like flies with just a ton of power at the other person and then they might want to use their, their, their bullet time run to defend it. But if they mistime it, and th this is where it gets kind of crazy. If they mistime it, they might take racket damage. And oh, I think, racket yes, damage. this is exactly. So this is like a whole other system. So like you can lose the game by, you know, uh, by losing tennis, by basically losing the game of tennis. But you can also lose the game, even if you're way far ahead, if the other person basically damages your racket three times in one round. It's a KO. They knock you out and you don't have, you don't have any more ra rackets left and you have to sort of just, you, you lose. That's it. Um, so you could defend this by, by blocking uh, on time. You might also want to just like use your bullet time to lose the point and get out of the way. If you feel, if you, if you don't feel comfortable in getting that, like two or three frame window blocking, you know, technique down, like it's tough. It is hard. Um, and then finally with the star meter, if it fills all the way up, you could do like a super shot, which is like each character's special move. And that has its, uh, those are still pretty similar to the zone shot. They're just even more powerful, even faster, even harder to block. Um, but also, if you ha if both players have their star meter, uh, one the other person could try to counter it and all this other stuff. Uh, it's so it's really systems deep and systems heavy, and each of those systems play off of each other in like a really satisfying, intelligent way. Where it's like, okay, I am having trouble beating this person head to head. Um, and when it comes to the actual tennis, like their characters, like a hard counter to my character for some reason, like, oh, Toad is really fast and that's making it really hard for hard my power character right now. Yes, exactly. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, totally. I know. Yeah, I, me too. I'm like really enjoying that, that aspect of it. It's like, okay, so instead of trying to, uh, just beat them head to head in tennis, I'm going to actually go 100% for racket damage and you can aim at the character and try to make, make it so they can't avoid it. So they have to try to block it. And it's just like okay, there's just so much mind games happening in here. I was I, I played it. I played it nonstop. I couldn't stop playing it. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, I really hope that Nintendo sends us codes before E3 is over, so I could just like try to challenge people at E3. And this is going to have a again. campaign mode of some kind, right? Yeah. As far as we understand, they said it's going to have more of a campaign mode than most of the recent Mario Tennis games. I don't think it's going to be like the full. I shouldn't expect Mario like Mario Tennis. Power Tennis, whatever. I would I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so we'll see. What if I really uh, want it though? Yeah. Well, I mean yeah, who does? Who <laughs> does want Mario Power Tennis? Um <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking forward to that game though, for sure. I can't Yeah, it seems neat. Uh, um let's do our, our 
what is now going to be a weekly Stardew Valley check-in, Mike? Oh, uh, 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 Haley and I are hitched. Have really? Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, oh. yeah. So. She, so she she moved in. Like, So what does it mean when a character married? Like, beyond just, like, love and just mm-hmm. compassion. Well, or, she, and, like, so, she, so my house is mixed in a bit. So she kind of has her little section for her. You know, her, her stuff, her photos, and the ladies make a stand, right? In the morning, sometimes she'll help in, like, flower, or a flower for us. She'll, like, water my plants. Maybe she'll feed the animals. She'll make me breakfast or, you know, it's just, uh, you know, she'll, she'll help out here or there. And I feel like, you know, give her a present every day or something if I want to keep her happy, basically. Right. So, you know, it's kind of nice. Like, I got a little, get a little extra help around and uh, get some breakfast. Got some, got my eye candy in my farm now. <laughs> That's good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, so is this something that you have been focusing on to the like to the exclusion of other stuff, or no. sort of it kind of kind of just happened? No, no. I mean, I've been focusing on it, but I mean, days are long enough that every you know every week you can give a character two presents, so it's pretty easy to just give her two presents. Right. Make sure that they were ones she really liked, and do some other things to like kind of. That's how you know. That's how it worked with me and Stephanie for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you give a girl two, two presents for a week until she likes you. <laughs> and eventually, you get married. Yep, exactly. That's where babies come from. Surprise! Yeah. 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 I have to upgrade my house before we can have a baby, and that's pretty expensive. That's like kind of the next milestone is getting the money to upgrade my house. Sounds like a very oppressive government telling you what kind of house <laughs> you have to have before you can have a baby. But you uh, know. Oh, yeah. They even say, like, the person won't let you buy, like, the engagement item you need unless you uh, have, like, <laughs> the certain kind of house. Like, oh, your house is too small. You can't get married. I'm like, well, that's a rough world, man. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I have been picking that up here, here again uh, lately. But uh, on Switch, what I've really been playing is Yoku's Island Express. Oh, man, I want to hear about this game because this looks neat. It is very good, Mike. You're gonna like it a lot. Man, um, it's so many good games. So many good games. So Yoku's Island Express, uh, a bad name. I think. I think it's a pretty nondescript name, uh, which is disappointing and doesn't make a lot of sense because. Uh, the, first, the developer's name is like Villa Gorilla, which is pretty good. And then, like everything in the like the lore of the game itself has like really good names. There's like a, well, I can't think of an example, but it's all good stuff. I keep reading um, it as Yoshi's Island. I keep getting confused. No, yeah, I know totally. It's like it, there's a, it's just enough like it that it's like your brain just fills in the gap of like Yoshi's Island Express. Right? Okay. So it's not. It is. <coughs> um, it's Pinball Quest for the NES. It is. Uh, a Metroidvania pinball game, basically. Um, yeah. So y- it, your character is a little dung beetle, and he's pushing around a ball, which I guess is a ball of dung. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, um, what else would it be? What else would it be? But uh, he becomes the new, basically, postman for this island. And it's his job to go around doing all these quests and also delivering the mail. And the mail is mostly just uh, you go, you put the mail in the box and you get some fruit. And that's just kind of like a, a point system a little bit. Uh, but then there's like quests and you're going around meeting characters and, and you're doing stuff for them. But all of this is done through bit pinball mechanics. All of the all of the getting around the world. Uh, you do have direct control of your character. You can like walk side to side. But so like Sonic can't jump. Pinball. Yeah, I mean, it's like Sonic spin, Spinball, but, like, really good. Oh, 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 oh no, don't, don't. <laughs> Let's I mean, this Sonic Spinball here, please. Look, look, I mean, you, I, I get what they were going for, and it was fine for the time. I think if you go back now, Sonic Spinball is like, sure. okay, it's aged. Um, this is a, a really modern take on that idea, though, for sure. And it's, uh, 
the, 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 the flippers are all over the world and they're color coded and one's on the left button, one's on the right button, but some of them are striped. So they'll work with either one. If it's just like, this doesn't matter, just go ahead and shoot them up here. And it's, it's, yeah, it's all just broken up really nicely where it's like, okay, there are sections where you are traversing and you're trying to get from one point to the other. And there's all these varying paths and there's, uh, there's these tricks you can do where if you collect this certain item, you could suck up these little bugs and these bugs explode if they hit a certain kind of rock. And if you hit those rocks, they'll blow up and it'll make a new path and you can get to this other area quicker. And that's, that's very cool. But then once you get to like one of these more bespoke areas, it is just like a small, uh, you know, self-contained pinball table area where you are trying to maximize, uh, your return on all these, uh, all these, the, the fruit points basically. And you're trying to find secret items. Um, and that like, it's, so, you know, with these two things, these two varying takes on, on pinball, like the traversal and just pinball itself, it's broken up really nicely to where, you know, for a little bit I'll be moving around and then it's like, okay, now I could just like play pinball and that's really nice too. And then when I'm done, I get to just go out and explore more and find other stuff in this world. And it's just so satisfying and good. And I kind of, I got in a flow where I just couldn't stop playing because I just like wanted to see more and more of it. Um, it's it's really well done. Bad. Yeah, and it, like the world is just, it's all self-contained. It's all one cohesive world, just like a Metroidvania map. And you, you pull out and you could see everything. And it's like, it gives you quest markers that you need to go to. And you're like, man, I wonder how I'm going to get there. Man, that sounds like a good by, Switch game. Yeah, it's a, it's a great Switch game. It's just, it's such a uh, smart combination of genres. Um, and it's, it reminds me a little bit of like Henry Hatsworth. Uh, oh, Henry Hatsworth. Man. Henry Hatsworth, you were doing. I haven't That's thought about Henry Hatsworth for a yeah. little bit. There was a game. <laughs> that was a very, a very good game, and it, you know that game definitely separated its platforming and its puzzle. For people that didn't know, it was like a DS game where it's like on the top screen it's a platformer, and then you would pause that part and then go down and like do combat and, and other stuff in a match three puzzler on the bottom screen, and it worked really, really surprisingly well. It was a, it was a fine game. Um, and this kind of reminds me of like that in terms of just mashing together genres, but everything is happening at once on one screen. There is no separation. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Definitely pick it up if you get a chance. Man, I gotta, um, so I, I still have so much to do in Stardew Valley because like ultimately you have to get through three years and I played that game for a while already. I feel like in like a long time and right. I'm kind of just past year one. So yeah, I, and it's that's the, that's I, the kind I, of game I, where it's like uh, if you if you begin to open another game on your Switch, you feel guilty. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I felt yeah. like I, I did stop for a bit to play uh, Bloodstained, and I did feel kind of guilty, but I was able to get yeah. back into this one pretty quickly. So yeah, I, I did beat Bloodstained last night. Um, <gasps> I was I I was on the last level, and I finally just powered through it, and that's, that's so good. That was good. Oh yeah, that's good. I I mean, they definitely set it up as like. Oh man! Now this is the world. Now what's going to happen in the sequel? And the sequel is the game that was already. No, 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 you think that is? What they, what they actually set up was the next playthrough. You fool! Oh really? That game. Okay. There are like four I different ways you can play through that game. It's so good. Okay. Well, I, I might try it again then. Yeah, yeah that's the awesome. Like, what is exciting? Play, so, like, I know there's the Curse of the Moon like action where like you go back in time. Like, what? Where does it differ? Like, how am I playing it differently? So the ways you can play that game is you play it normally where you just you make everybody your ally, right? I assume that's what you did. Mm-hmm. You could yeah, play it yeah, so that yeah. instead of that, you just uh, you kill them and absorb their powers. And then oh. you just have the one really strong character. Then you can also play it where you just refuse them. And you just have to kind of play it with that one character and it's a lot harder. But then when you just when you beat it with all four of them, you can also go through it again where you play with all the characters but that starting one. 
Huh. Okay. So there's like yeah, I think, so there's like four real different, pretty different ways to play through the game. I definitely want to try some of those. They definitely sound interesting. I will. I, I might actually try refusing and see how I get through, get on with that because it's like that seems like it would make it harder and maybe maybe more challenging now that I'm more accustomed to the game. Although I still was getting pretty frustrated at times, just when the time the times where you like would make like a stupid like quick jump and the ground is like. Like you just came up a set of stairs and that was like the only platform. So it's like, oh, you missed it. And now you like jumped off to the side of the platform just a little bit. And now you lost that character because, you know, that's how this game works. It's like, oh, all right, whatever. Um, yeah, still very good. <coughs> um, okay. Uh, anything else, Mike? I think we're yeah, done covering the games we've been playing. Yeah. So let's, let's go ahead and hop into news. I think we got, we kind of got like, I think three distinct sections here. I wanted to talk first about that steam thing that was happening this week. Uh, then we'll get into E3, and then there's just kind of the other stuff that's been happening around the world. Uh, those will hit pretty quickly, but let's start with the Steam thing. Um, so yesterday, Steam, uh, well, I, I guess Steam engineer, uh, Val, a longtime Valve employee, he's basically the number two guy, if they were to have a number number two guy at Valve, Eric Johnson. He posted a blog on on you know on their website, that was entitled what games are allowed on steam or something like that. Uh, something to that. What effect. games are allowed on steam? Yeah. Yeah. What, what games get to be on steam? Um, <clears throat> and this was essentially them saying, we're going to allow everything on steam except for stuff that breaks the law or is straight up trolling. Is obvious the trolling yeah. there. Yeah. Obvious trolling. Um, and he also basically said, this is them going back to what they said with steam direct. And it was, uh, implied, and he definitely mentioned visual novels, but it was implied that this, this was in response to the criticism that Valve was getting for uh, threatening to remove those adult visual novel games. Um, he, he, you know, went so far as to say that a lot of people within Valve have been getting in arguments about what should be on Steam and that their families have opinions on this and their communities and they hear from everyone about this stuff. Um, <coughs> But their final decision seems to be they are not going to be the ones that decide what gets to be sold on Steam and therefore what gets to be created and what you get to buy is kind of how they framed it. Um, th there's been some reaction to this where I think most people are assuming this means that we're now going to get a lot of very questionable like derogatory derogatory works that are uh, not even bordering on, bordering on racism, but like fully embrace racism or homophobia or transphobia and stuff like that. Um, and I, this is like, uh, so my take when I read this, when I wrote the news was not that that was going to happen because it doesn't seem like that's what they meant. Uh, but the valve valve did leave it very vague and very unspecified in their language. You know, the, the things that they said they weren't going to allow only amount to stuff that's illegal and straight up trolling, but they didn't define exactly what straight up trolling is. Um, so I guess, I mean, Mike, what was your response when you first saw this news? Yeah, I, I think me and you are kind of, we seem to be on a different side of this than a lot of people where we yeah. think it's fine. I, I'm on, I think most people are, are on your side. I think for the most part, there are some people that are on mine, but that's not, no, no, I'm on your no, side. I not think a, it's, see, I think oh. it's, no, I think it's fine. Right. Like, like yeah, I, it, I, I, agree, I agree with you, Lord, but we, like you're, you're, <coughs> you're, well, what is your side? Why don't you tell me what your side is? Yeah. So okay. So my my thing is you've been writing about this a lot. You've been tweeting about this a lot. You old tweeter, you. Yeah. So I I my position basically is I think Valve has it pretty much right when it comes to their approach. To this they should allow 
almost everything up to a, a certain point, and I think straight up trolling should definitely, obviously, include stuff that is racist propaganda and and things things that you would be like, well, yeah, I mean, why would Valve want to sell that? Uh, uh, but if there if it is like questionable, if it deals with themes of racism, maybe that's a lot more tough, and you probably should just err on the side of selling that. But like, arguably, like that's you know bioshock infinite like deals with themes of racism and maybe handles them really poorly in a lot of ways and i think it should probably be sold on the steam store uh and then that should also apply equally to to smaller indie games and then at the same time i think valve probably almost certainly should not be uh trying to figure out what is good enough like what is a high enough quality bar yeah like i know people are like talking about asset flips and or or right it's it's real low and that's games but it, it's, it's like, just like, I, yeah, like where, where does the line start there, you know? Right. Who gets to decide what's worthy? It's just kind of like my thing. It's like Flappy Bird should be allowed to happen on Steam is, is my thinking. Flappy Bird was, an, was basically an asset flip, right? It just took some stuff from Mario and made very simple gameplay. And a lot of people are like, this is garbage. No one should play this. It's just a ripoff uh, you know, of Mario's art with some dumb arcade gameplay. And then I was like, I love this game. This is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so, and, and steam should be, should enable the same kind of games, I think. And then just let the market sort of decide there's not, there's kind of no harm in that part of it. Um, so they, that's, that's where I'm, I stand. Um, and, and I, you know, I think that's a pretty safe position, I think. Right. I, I don't know. It seems like it to me. A lot of people are, <coughs> get, are very upset about this, but yeah, I, I'm very much of the thing of, you know, I, I think the market can handle it a little bit where, you know, sure. Some trolls and some bad people are going to put some lazy or uh, some offensive games, but, you know, j- just them, them existing on the Steam store isn't going to ruin me, I, I guess is what I mean, right? Like, I don't think of... I, part of it comes down to what what does it mean if a game is on the Steam store? Is it a validation? Is it, like, uh, some kind of stamp of okayness? Is it, like, all, all right, right, this is fun? Yeah, it, it, Steam has already not been that for so long, where it's just been this such a gigantic thing with so many different things. And, you know, if I thought they could police it or, or moderate it, that would be one thing, but they clearly can't. And and I think a lot of people get mad at them, like, saying, well, they can't because they suck or whatever. I don't right. think they can. Like, I don't think – I just don't think it's a doable – job with the complications of it the legalities of all these different countries and all these different moral problems with their user base and within you know their own studio and then just the volume of it right like just how many games there are where you have to look at it you have to see well it seems pretty bad but is it uh actually because there's this argument for it and then there's this right like can they really go case by case basis on all these games i i don't think so so I can kind of understand where it's like, look, we're just going to, it's going to be on there. If it's not your thing, just ignore it. We'll try to make some tools so it's easier to ignore it. But yeah, I mean, it's complicated for sure. Yeah, it's not, it's not simple. It's not easy. I, I do think that their point was, even if we had an infinite number of employees to throw at this, we would still screw it up. We would still get a lot of it wrong because we would still be dealing with, uh, humans tastes and those people those infinite number of people would disagree with each other let alone with uh, you know the even wider audience that is using steam to buy games um and like you know they did 
they did slide back on this. Like this, they decided in February 2017 to let in every game. That was their Steam Direct thing. I went there. They said, "Yeah, we're letting in everything." We talked about this last week, and that, and that's why when people say this is a new announcement or things are changing, I, I think that's just actually incorrect. Although it's not anyone who read the blog who read that blog's fault. Valve again, just not very specific with its language. It's sure. you know they could be a lot better on that stuff, but. But, but the, so it's it's not this new concept. They have been letting stuff in, um, and I. But what they haven't been letting in, I don't think anyone has really pointed to any games that have been this sort of uh, racist, derogatory stuff that that they're concerned about. What was getting, you know, going under the scrutiny of of Valve to the point where they were being threatened to be to be removed from Steam were just weird booby games. That yeah, that, it's like very strange that that, that was like something that they chose to fight right right and it's like yeah it's weird because it's it doesn't make any sense like why is that okay and why is this not okay and why are these western games okay and it's like you okay the first thing they did when they like sort of backslid on this thing was mess up i think or at least mess up to you know to my you know according to my opinion and according to the people who like and play those games and buy those games <coughs> now a lot of people do have problems with those games. I, I, a lot of it has to deal, deal with maybe some of them do sexualize minors. And it's like, okay, like the, we have to have a discussion about that stuff. If that's happening in these games, let's talk about it. And let's point out the specific ones that are. And if, is there a way that they could edit these games to make them more appropriate or whatever? And Valve apparently has been working with those developers to ensure that stuff isn't happening. Um, so th- that's why it was very weird when they're like, okay, actually, we don't even care. We're still going to actually you know, kick these games off Steam. Um, so Valve isn't good at it, but I don't know. I don't know if anyone could be just because the nature of the market being sort of better at it uh, when you just let people decide what they want to buy for themselves. Uh, it, it, yeah, and that's the that's the key right there. It's like why would Valve decide for anyone what they should be able to buy? And you know, you could say there are other ways to get games on PC, and yeah, there are. But Valve is so big that if it doesn't decide to sell a game, it is effectively destroying that that the potential to make money from that. I wonder how many people in Valve right now are just thinking, oh, I wish we were just making video games and not managing a store. <laughs> like, cause it, it almost happened accidentally, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, they just... If they've had this flat structure for a long time where they're like, you just work on whatever you think is most important, and people are like, you know what? This store thing seems like a good idea. I'm going to try that for a while and just see what happens. And then uh, now they're probably like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Why did we do? Why did I do this? <clears throat> yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I don't want to dismiss people who are say who are saying that Valve is uh, shirking its responsibility. Um, I just i I think the disagreement here is that I think Valve's responsibility maybe just tugs in in a different direction. Um, so they in that blog post, he basically said, you know, Valve doesn't have a political opinion or something like that, something to that effect. Uh, so uh, we shouldn't be imposing something like that on on the games that are allowed in the in the market here. Um, and, 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 you know, you could read that as we don't want to take responsibility for the things we're selling. Uh, but, but we are just coming off of them, you know, blocking active shooter. And they have banned hatred in the past, that that weird violent game that was just like clearly very over the top bizarrely violent and there was a game basically called kill all and I, this is the name of the game i'm, I'm just going to say it just uh, I mean, I is that... kill, kill kill all kill all fags was the name of the game they banned it 
Yeah. We, I think that right? would fall yeah. under obvious trolling category, Ex- right? Right. I, I, I think it would too, but I think some people think it doesn't because uh, they don't. I, I, I mean, the word trolling maybe is a bit dismissive. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not effective at describing what is what that behavior actually is. But I think. Well, I think I think I use that word because like the word offense has been ruined now, right? Right. Yeah. We have so exactly. many arguments yeah. about how you being right. offensive, right? So like, you can't say offensive because then that would immediately right. trigger people, right? <clears throat> right. And and that's the one of the issues is that the person writing this was Eric Johnson, just a, an engineer. He's not a publicist. He's not a, a PR professional. He's just a dude who's worked at Valve right, for a right. long Valve's time. Valve's having a PR problem? No. <laughs> exactly, right? So it's like, yeah, so this is, a you know, their, their own making, uh, which is, I'm, I'm a bit resentful of have a feeling like I have to kind of explain their position because they can't do it good enough. Uh, but I, I do feel like it's, you know, it's probably important to say, yeah, what Valve's trying to do, which is effectively protect a market for games like Flappy Bird or like even like PUBG, which is like this weird broken early access thing that some people still think shouldn't be sold on Steam because um, it's still too broken or whatever. Uh, yeah, protect a, a space for that stuff because uh, it's that's important. That's crucial. And 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 in, and in doing so, also protecting a space for games that might be dealing with uh, controversial subjects. I mean, the alternative here is uh, this is not the alternative, but there is an alternative out there in Apple and the App Store where they do crack down on content in their games. And what do they do? They end up blocking all games that have Confederate flags in them so that Civil War historical simulators aren't allowed on the App Store. Yeah. And it's just like, that's that actually is just flat-out censorship. And I'm not, I'm not waving that flag of, like, no censorship ever. Because, like, actually, yeah, fuck all games that are, like, homophobic. Like, I don't, we don't need that stuff. And it's obvious that some of these are just that, even with the most generous reading, they are just homophobia or, or they're just racist. But at the same time, I, I do consider aspects of Bioshock Infinite sort of racist in that, in that you know, the, yeah. the false equivalency. But I want that game still to have a market to be sold so we could discuss it so it, it, it can, you know, exist on its own merits. And it's, I mean, God, this, I, this is a dismissive attitude, but it's not, I don't mean it as dismissively as it sounds. It is just games. Like, we're not talking <laughs> about health. We're not talking about healthcare, right? Yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, some people are treating this like this is going to be like the end of some kind of like, I don't know something. It's like some people are like, "Oh, people are gonna get hurt because of this." I'm like, "Well, no." Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't see that. <laughs> Look, and, and if they do start letting in a bunch of racist stuff, and we're just wrong about this, then, our then bad. okay, uh, yeah, exactly, our bad. We that I don't, I don't mean any of this. If that's the case, it's just that my understanding is they are going to continue to operate how they have since February 2017, and I just haven't seen any real stuff that you know raises that alarm that hasn't been dealt with pretty quickly by steam so so yeah i if that changes then that changes and again none of the stuff is relevant in that case all right mike um cool i think i got that out of my system feel better yeah i mean it's complicated and it's weird some people are kind of most of are running a little high on it uh yeah i, I tell you what like i, I ultimately think it's <laughs> that's not going to change that much like some people think like we're going right. to suddenly see like a billion porn games and, you know, uh, like, I don't know, well, other awful things, but I mean, porn games are very unlikely just cause there's so many laws against those in so many countries, including the United States that they, that that's not going to happen. Like they're, yeah, sadly. Sad. I mean, I'm, I'm depressed, Mike, you could tell. Um, yeah. 
All right, let's uh, let's dive into a little bit of the E3 news. I, I think I got some of the stuff that's happened since last week. I don't know if I got all of it, but here, here are the headlines that I've got. So first up, uh, it sounds like Microsoft has delayed Crackdown 3 to 2019. This is according to K- Kotaku. Um, <coughs> we, you know, we've been hearing rumors about this for a while. It was hard to place one way or the other. It does sound like that is indeed the, the case. Um, do you think it just wasn't ready, Mike? Yes. I definitely think that's what it was. I mean, what else could it be? It's not because they have too many other exclusives coming out soon. Right, God, yeah. They're not making room for something else. You're right. Uh, I, so my, my thinking is it probably went something like this. You know, you start making Crackdown 3 when you are in that old mindset of all games are online games like Destiny or uh, you know something along those lines, and we don't need those single-player games as, as much. And then you realize, well, you know what? Other developers are going to be making those online multiplayer games. We need to be more like Sony and Nintendo and have these tentpole games. And shit, we need to make Crackdown 3 more like one of those. Or else so that's, it's not going to That's interesting. Work. I didn't really think about that. but And that very much was their philosophy for a bit. And I think they realize now that that was kind of dumb. Yeah. On their yeah I mean, they definitely, I mean, Phil Spencer's been saying that, was saying that for years. And then the last two years, especially like at interviews at E3, he has sort of said, you know what, we realized that, but now we're also seeing um, uses use for these other games. And they're, they've probably been trying to get Crackdown 3 to that point for maybe a little bit now. And it's probably like, well, you know what, we're getting there. And we are getting there enough that it's worth pushing it back and actually getting there for real. So that, that's my hope, at least, because I would, I would want Crackdown 3 to come out and be a big deal. And also still have all that fun multiplayer you know, co-op, uh, you know, stuff in the cloud with all the destruction to go along with it, which I, I think it still will have. In cloud destruction. Really I've been hearing that cloud one for a bit. Right. It's just weird how bizarrely mismanaged <laughs> this, this game has been, and it's hard to know yeah. what to attribute it to. I mean, you like, know, I mean, it was. It's part of that one that one E three year, right? That twenty fourteen year where all the games from uh, Xbox basically were either canceled or have been in this sort scale of scalebound hell. Yeah, right. Scalebound uh, is the, like the best example of that, uh, but also like that. Best. Yes. Yeah, that's the one I was going to say, yeah. These so, games are just like, they just abandoned. Yeah. I think it, they don't, they didn't know what they were doing then. I think they they have a vision now. It just didn't end up including a lot of those and it forced Crackdown 3 to change. It is just bizarre. Like, I mean, good, good on the, for, you know, playing the bullet and fixing Crackdown 3, if it, you know, it needs fixed, but it is right. strange. Like, Crackdown 3 should not have been this difficult a thing, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, So... Here's something that wasn't difficult, but apparently uh, Square Enix thought it was going to be, but that's why they sold IO Interactive and Hitman. Well, didn't sell. They just like got rid of them. Uh, IO Interactive went independent, and it's now releasing Hitman 2 along with uh, publishing partner Warner Brothers. That announcement came out today, and the game's coming in November, it sounds like, and it's not going to be episodic. The entire story of the game is on the disc when it launches, which is different than the the last game, not the first game, but uh, the reboot in 2016. Um, Did you ever end up playing Hitman 2016? I hope you don't hate me for it. I know you you love it a lot. I just never got to it. You would Uh, too. You would too. Yeah, definitely. But uh, uh, you're excited, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I do miss the the idea of the episodic stuff just because it forced you to get really familiar with each level over time. But I I get it. And that doesn't mean that they off maybe or something. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely something to that. And it, 
And there's nothing about releasing the entire season at once that, that prevents them from doing other interesting stuff with, like, weekly updates that change the levels and, like, maybe put a focus on one of the levels for, like, a week or two at a time that, like, gets everyone wanting to play that level and get really familiar with it. And then you move on to the next one. Um, that is how I still want to play the game. But they could do things with updates outside of the seasonal structure or the episodic structure that could enable that or encourage that kind of play. So, so I'm hoping for that. Um, but really, I'm just I'm happy there's more Hitman. That last game just so damn good. So, really looking forward to that. Um, and maybe I'll play this. <coughs> God damn it! Um, <laughs> tell me about Paladins on the Switch. That's not real. It's real. It's not that's, real. That's happening. It's they announced real. it or something? Yeah, they announced it today. And there was a trailer. Yeah, I don't. I didn't watch a trailer because it's a game that's already out. <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's happening. It's good. That makes sense, right? I guess. I mean, why not? Sure. Play shooter. Throw well, it on Switch. And it's not that. So it's an Unreal Three game, and they say that they like modified the engine so that it's gonna run sixty frames per second. Uh, I think on both docked and portable. Uh, you know, it, it's a free to play game, but That's like hmm. it's a free to play game, but it's going to be launching only in like the founders version first, with the free to play version coming later. So basically, uh, you have eh. to pay to like play a little earlier. Right, yeah, why not? I mean, sure. if, you, if I was running one of those games, I'd probably do the exact same thing. That makes some sense. Uh, yeah, well, we're not all scumbags that, that, like you. Yeah, that's fair, but, you know, a scumbag's got to make a living, too. <laughs> um, so, the, the other Unreal Engine 3 game on the Switch that I could think of is Rocket League, and that game has seen some drastic improvements to its visuals and its its performance. So, it can happen, but boy, does the Unreal Engine th- 4 just run better on the Switch. So... Like I'm glad they got it up and running, but uh, I bet they wish they had it on four for sure. Um, well, they, like I said, they say they got it going at 60 frames per second, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, it's gonna have never... it's gonna have crossplay with Xbox One, but not PlayStation. That's right. Yeah, that's that was the other big news about this. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I that's you know that's like the third or fourth. Maybe there's probably more games that do that, but I mean I know Rocket League is the other one um, for sure. So that's I'm really glad that that's uh, something that is happening a ton. Oh yeah, Minecraft is gonna be the other game that's gonna have that when it gets the Bedrock update later this month. So yeah, that's that's a really cool uh, addition that kind of just reminds everyone, hey Sony, what the hell, what the hell? Um, did we, we still haven't got a confirmation of Fortnite, right? But it's starting to look more. No, likely. but that was part of that same leak with Paladin, right. so it, it's happening. <laughs> I got Probably, very yeah. little doubt. <laughs> yes, I'm right there with you. Um. Okay, so we, I don't. I know we talked about the keychain. I don't know if we actually talked about them confirming it last week. We might have. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think we oh, talked hey, about this, Dr. Jones. I, 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 I know we talked. We talked about it. Up to, I think we talked about everything. I'm not sure if they confirmed it before we got. Oh it yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's real. They, they confirmed it. Yeah. So and it was everything we thought it was going to be. Um, they, they they didn't say when it's coming out or anything. All that stuff's going to be at a. At E3, but I'm pretty sure like one of us is going to be playing it, and we'll we'll have some more stuff probably next week, very early in the week. Uh, to talk about. Yeah. Um, is there uh, anything else or, like in, as part of these pre E3 announcements before we move it's on that you can think of? Track of these things. Days know, gone. Really release that's, date. Woo! Right. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, days gone. Eh. How are you feeling about that? There, there was a new trailer. <laughs> Did you actually watch that? I mean, I played it at uh, Judges Week. So that's right. Can I, you I talk about that yet? What's that? Can, think, you could talk about that. I think I've heard. Yeah, yeah, about, he wrote about yeah. it. I mean, I thought I, I didn't think much. Okay, it. <laughs> yeah. It was an open world game. It sure was. Sure was one of those, huh? All right. 
Okay, well, I mean, look, we're going to be getting into E3 something fierce here, like, real quick. Before we get into the rest of the news, like, let's just do this real quick. Uh, we will be having pretty much a daily podcast uh, on these feeds, as well as Mixer. Um, so if you go to e3.mixer.com, you'll be able to see us, I think, uh, on uh, pretty late on Sunday night, pretty late on Monday night. But then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, which are the the nights of the show that are you know the nights of the show that's actually open, uh, we'll be doing one at six thirty p.m. Pacific time, uh, which is nine thirty p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll be you know talking about what we've, what we've been playing, what we've been seeing, who we've been talking to about what's happening. Uh, so join us for that stuff, and yeah, and, you know E three all week next week. Jeff, I have to pee. Fun. Uh, do you want to take a break real quick? Oh, yeah. You don't give me breaks like you used to. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You know, Mike, why don't you go to the pee-pee room? <laughs> Thank you. All right. While Mike is in the bathroom, here is an update from the official Twitter account of E3. Twitter.com slash E3. This was posted on June 6th at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. That's my time. All right, here goes. Day one of E3 2018 is coming to a close, and it was a packed one. Before you head off to recharge for tomorrow, let us know what you thought the best part of the day was. Fuck that. This is the most upsetting thing I've ever read. I hate it. It has 18,000 likes. <laughs> I was trying to hold it up. They're like, "Are oh, we gonna get back to hey, work?" No, like, oh God! I couldn't tell, Mike. You, you were doing, you were going like a champ, man. I had no idea you had to go <laughs> pee. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm telling, ev- I'm telling everyone on the stream about my Atari hat. Ew! My my Atari speaker hat. Excuse me. Um, that Atari's cool. Yeah, it's uh no, I'm not pretending it's cool. I'm pretending it's very dumb and awesome. Uh, it's got two speakers in the bill of the hat, Mike. Oh God. One of those and I'm gonna wear it at E3. I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass you so hard. I can't. Eh, oh God. Eh, you can't embarrass me too hard. <laughs> you I do a pretty good job of embarrassing myself. Yeah. Usually. <clears throat> yeah, we should um we should wear. I'll wear it at uh, at E3. We'll do a, a a tour of the floor, and you'll talk to people at each booth, and I'll just play different songs off a playlist as my way of communicating, like Bumblebee from the Transformers movie, and and that'll be our bit. Did you see right. that Bumblebee trailer? I did. John Cena. John Cena's there. John yeah. Cena's there. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, I like got, don't you want to see how it all point. started? Do you need? I, I do. Yeah. T- yeah. Show show me where all these all these machine men came from. These Robo Boys. I mean, I know where they came right. from space, but like, show me in detail. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me how John Cena is involved. I know he's involved just by looking at these movies for years. I knew he was involved somehow. All right, we are. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'll cut it back in at some point there. Um, Mike's back from the PP room, and we oh, are man. back in the show. Woo. Feel better? Oh my goodness! No, that's good to hear. I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that. Let's, uh, let's start with this first one. Uh, let's actually start with Intel. Actually, I didn't like list it here, but uh, so Computex was this week. Computex is like the big uh, computer components event in Taiwan, <coughs> and um, Intel showed off a. So it's a 28 core or like, yeah, I think it's a 28 core desktop CPU. 
um, that was running at five gigahertz. The thing is, is that it seemed much more like a publicity publicity stunt because they were using some subambient cooling, I've learned it's called, which is basically just means they had an air conditioner connected to the computer sitting right next to it. And it's like, okay, no one's going to be able to get this to five gigahertz in any real world setting. Um, it's probably going to run at, at, you know, maybe two thirds of that, maybe even a half of that. So it was no one's really impressed by that. because Everyone's like, okay, that's great. It's, it's this thing, but that's not a real part. Um, then AMD comes out and it's like, here is the new Threadripper 2, and this one has 32 cores and 64 threads, and it is absurdly powerful, and, um, and it's a desktop part, and it's real, and it works, and it functions. Um, so I think that outdoes, I think the, the most cores that an Intel CPU has is 28, I think, at this point. <coughs> so, uh, AMD kind of just dropped the mic on them a little bit, and the, 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 the the takeaway here for anyone who doesn't understand what cores or anything means is um, for just about any productivity uh, tool or you know, software uh, outside of gaming on your computer, having more cores is super beneficial. It's way more important than the clock speed, the gigahertz or whatever. Um, and AMD has sort of uh, made a huge uh, leap and, and headway uh, when it comes to getting an advantage on Intel by having these these CPUs with more cores, and now they've leapfrogged them again in a in a really significant way, and people are really excited about this Threadripper too. So I'm uh, I'm kind of interested to see where like what happens when they launch it this fall and see it how how it actually performs in the real world. And in the meantime, like Intel does kind of look a little bit like I don't know not cheap, but just sort of like what are you doing? Like why would you do this really weird publicity thing? that doesn't have any bearing on the real world because people are just going to rip it apart. And, and they are like, like all the responses for most of the people that are in the know. Yeah. They they got kind of egg on their face. It's uh, kind of um, an embarrassing situation to be in, I think, but (coughs) they blew it. Yeah. So that's the quick computer component section of the news. Uh, We can move back into some game stuff. Uh, Bloodstained curse of the moon did pretty good, Mike. Yeah. Good games. doing good. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Inti Creates, the developer, came out on Twitter and was like, hey, this is our most successful game ever. Um, thank you guys so much. Also, the Switch was a huge part of that. So it sold more than 100,000 copies total, and 56% of that total was just on the Switch. And this is something that came out on the 3DS, the Vita, the PlayStation 4, I think the Xbox One, and PC. Um, but man, the Switch is just still like... Uh, it's such a good platform you, stuff. Right, you think it's going to slow down, but it's, it just still seems like, no, people that play indie games are still playing them every day, and they're playing them on this platform. I, I literally do. I literally play indie games on my Switch, like, every day. Yep, same here. So, yeah, I mean, every day. I it, guess. It's funny, because I was talking before how I was worried how this year was going to be a lot slower for the Switch. And in terms of Nintendo first-party games, it has been, but I still play the thing every day because I'm playing Stardew Valley or I'm playing um, Bloodstained Blood or now I'm going to play Yoko's Island, right? Like, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like when you uh, you can get really into one of them, but like while you're doing that, you're going to hear about like two or three others. You're like, oh, I'll check that out later. And they're all good like because there's just so much. There's always been good indie stuff. It's just now people have this form factor to play it in that just fits your life so easily um and it's it's great it's a great time to be one of these developers that has been getting really good at making these kinds of games like inti creates um i think there was another another company that came out i can't remember what it was but another indie game that basically said the exact same stuff like two hundred thousand copies and uh, 50 more than 50 percent on the switch so it's not it's not like a one-off thing it is repeatable 
and every developer that is seeing success is seeing most of it on Switch. So, yeah, good for them. Um, tell me about this one, Mike. Paradox, Paradox Interactive acquired Hairbrain Schemes. I know you wrote the news story about this one. Uh, so, uh, Hairbrain, they made uh, Robotech, ba- yeah, and Battle now Tech. they are Battletech. Battletech. That's right, yes. Now they're acquired by Paradox. What was the deal there? Well, well or Paradox, is the deal gone through? Paradox published uh, Battletech, so that, it, right. it makes some sense. But Par- Paradox does a lot of these strategy games. They do Europa, Universalis, or what it's called, Stellaris. So uh, a lot of kind of more hard, like sci-fi and hard history games. And Battletech's a bit more mm-hmm. fanciful, so it kind of just hard, hard and kind of just adds to that pedigree <laughs> for them, right? And it's just kind of I'm doubling down on we are PC strategy game people, and here's a whole other studio now that can make this stuff. Yeah, I um, just makes a lot of I, sense. I, I, yeah, it does. It, it's a good fit. Like, obviously, they already enjoyed working together, and it just must be like, oh, that game's doing so well, and we like had such a good relationship already that why not? Let's go ahead and uh, just seal this deal for for, for good. Um, okay, so up next, Ubisoft believes the next gen in the last consoles, uh, or believes next gen is the last one for consoles, uh, and then after that, we're going to be streaming. Um, does that sound right to you? Does this finally, this is, no. <laughs> does this thing that we've been hearing for multiple generations now finally make sense to you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I still don't see it happening. I mean, it, it's been streaming this, streaming that. Like, I haven't even seen it really work all that well yet for me. <laughs> so I'm still incredibly skeptical of it, especially like that relatively soon. Now. I think maybe 20 years, but even still, uh, there's going to be some kind of, like when this stuff happens, it's still going to be anchored by a like Nintendo console, by a Sony console, and all that stuff, I, right? Like that branding isn't going to go away, I don't think. I, oh yeah, I mean, so I mean, there's a couple things here. Uh, first, like Unity CEO, former EA EA CEO uh, John Riccatello was quoted as saying, "Hey, we're always going to have the speed of light to consider. Like that only goes so fast, and wrapping that signal from one point to another." It's maybe always going to be slower than than something local, something in your house, and that will maybe always be a consideration. And like, I, I think he's, he's probably right to a certain degree, but I would probably I would also say never. I would say never say never. Um, you know, there are always going to be uh, jumps in computing technology, right. and in software, and in and in you know bro- broadcasting signals uh, over space, and eventually maybe two or three out of four or five things get in the right place. Where it's like, okay, no, it's actually really is indistinguishable now, um, but that does. I don't think that means that like we're going to be getting on live sort of things. Uh, I do think people are still going to want boxes of some sort. I do think people are going to uh, want these walled, walled gardened um, experiences. And I do think that that might come in the form of something like Xbox Game Pass growing into the Netflix. And then they're like, okay, now we need to start streaming this stuff. That's fine. But you already own all these games. And, you know, or you already own the subscription and have access to all these games. And you could download them still, or you could stream them. And both are a viable option. It's however you want. I I think that seems like the most likely uh, path that this goes. It will be a subscription service, I do think. I do think that the Netflix model replaces. Uh, the Steam model in, 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 for most people in, in a little bit. There are always going to be people that that have their library and want to keep it, and you know they'll still there. People always still have the ability to buy individual games however they want. But I do think we'll get a subscription model for a, like for most customers, and that will be offered as either download or streaming um, within the same package. And you know EA will probably have their own with EA Origin or Origin or Origin Access and EA Access. 
and probably a bunch of other publishers, publishers will have their own, and it'll be really annoying to have to have five or six subscriptions, but we'll all pay for all of them because we do that with our damn TV stuff now, so why the hell not? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but but I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be just streaming is replacing everything we have now. That seems... No... I mean, yeah, not, not that, not, not on that timeline anyways, I don't think. Right. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, have you seen this one totally accurate battlegrounds, this game? I mean, I've seen a bit about it. It's just kind of one of those sort of like goofy, uh, right. physics based games. Right. So it's like a, it's like a physics based thing where like uh, everything's accurate physics. Right. Yeah. But like you have like a wobbly character and yeah, he basically is a ragdoll. Um, but he's like a, you know, really gummy sort of dude that falls over and like the guns are all wobbling all over the place, but it's also a battlegrounds game, a, a you know, battle Royale. And it looks like really, it, it looks really fun. And they, I think they also made it free to download for the first couple of days or something like that. So it became really popular and highly played on steam. Um, and I, I have it, I haven't opened it yet, but it looks, it looks really interesting. And apparently it became the most popular battle Royale game on steam, um, since PUBG, but like, uh, you know, only after PUBG, it's still not quite as, you know, at that level, um, sure. as that game, but it just shows that like, I think people are like, <clears throat> people want to see different things in this gameplay structure and something that is so obviously different and also low stakes and sort of fun and something that will create a lot of, um, humor with friends. I think that's like, okay, that's an obvious winner. People are going to want to spend time with something like that. What um, um what was that that other battle royale game that came out the high res studio one? Say, say the last couple the words. High res studio one. Oh, that one's um that one's like the one that was the Paladins battle royale game. Yeah, I think that it's the that they rebranded like realm. I think it's realm realms battle realm royale. Or something. Or something. Realm, realm royale. Realm, realm royale. Yeah. Um, it's class based battle royale game. I bet that'll do just fine. Paladins is doing just fine, and that'll do just fine. Um, finally, this one I I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Ooh, I'll, I'll make something up it for you. Yeah, EA just switched Skate 3 servers back oh. on. <laughs> I don't have much to make of it. <laughs> Never mind. I was completely wrong. <sighs> oh, okay. Well, no, there's this other last story. Jeff eats a PP and J. Uh, <laughs> what? And J? Really it just said PP, I thought. <laughs> hey, that's what you wrote. I you changed that. it. And you ruined yeah. it. That's what you did. <laughs> you fool. <sighs> I don't. I don't think Skate Four is happening, but who knows? I'm glad they turned the, the servers back on. That's great. Um, if Skate Four is happening, they're not announcing it at E3. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I I eat a PP and J. Make well, you know. Make what I you swear to God, do. Skate was only popular after they stopped making them. In my head, that's. I, yeah, I, I really think it became. I think I really think almost all of the fervor about it these days is because PewDiePie PewDiePie played it once on one of his okay. videos. Ooh. I think that's like m- most of it. Yeah, which is really depressing. People don't I care about PewDiePie anymore, do they, or, or, or do they? I mean, people that care about PewDiePie really care about him, and then that's it, I think. I don't think he's growing it. Well, about I don't Ninja know. now, right? Whatever. Like Ninja. He played with a celebrity. Yeah, I think people do prefer Ninja. I think I think you're right. I prefer Ninja. Yeah. To be completely honest. He's um he's friends with Drake, and anyone any man that's a friends with Drake is a friend of mine. Yeah, literally. We're, we're tight that way. <laughs> yeah. We're we're a click. All right, Mike. Um I think we're done with this podcast. No, it can't be over already. What am I going to do with my yeah, life? I think it is. What are you looking forward to? I... You got your appointments. What are you looking forward to for your E3s, man? Yeah. Um. So now that I, I know it, I, I 
you know, I'm like, okay, I'll, I want to see what Assassin's Creed Odyssey is. I'll check that out. You know, that's kind of on the, you know, the upper mid part of my like hype list, but, uh, I want, I really want to see how new this Smash Brothers game is. Um, I don't know. There, there's some, there's some stuff that I'm, I'm looking forward to, but it, it's always at this point, I just like want to be surprised at the media briefings themselves. And I want there to be like one or two, maybe three games. If I'm lucky, then I'm like, Oh man, I had no idea that's happening. And I'm going to make an appointment for it right now. There you go. Um, and I'm, that's still how I kind of feel about it. How about yeah. you? It's fine. Like all the companies I'm looking forward to are the video game companies that I was playing when I was eight. Like I'm excited to see <laughs> Nintendo, Capcom and, Th- and uh, Sega. Right, like I want to really see Mega Man Eleven. I, I really want to play Smash Brothers. Like those are those are the two really big ones for me. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. They, I mean, they're still making good games. Yeah. I, uh, I hope Bloodstained is there. The the new one, I think it probably will be. Um, I'd like to play that again. See how that's shaping up. Um, it'd be cool if there was just a bunch of new of those like those gothic Metroidvania games in that in that vein, or you know, maybe another one other than just Bloodstained, one that comes out soon. Because I would like that. I like those games a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know, Mike. I think that's going to do it for us. Why don't we tell everybody where they can find us on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. I'm um, also doing the Exploding Bro podcast. My bro, that's at ebpodcast.com. And, uh, yeah, be sure to go to GameSpeed, check out what I'm writing and seeing uh, at E3, and, be, you know, keep listening to the podcast. I'll be on most of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, we're going to be on uh, e3.mixer.com if you want to, um, catch us live uh, we might also appear on your xbox if you turn that on who knows uh-huh. keep an eye out for us i'll we'll never take uh, back everything we said xbox <laughs> one's great it's exclusives are yeah, i can't <laughs> can you believe that they already won e3 wow that's so crazy that's pretty impressive they didn't pay us any money or anything we're just we're just gonna be on their thing <laughs> like yeah it's not a not an advertisement we don't have to suck up to them mike what, they what suck do, what do i have to do to be paid money red <laughs> I don't know. We should ask. We should ask. Yeah, ask them. Ask them. That's, really that's what the sellout phrase is. Ready. <laughs> yeah, we're we're ready and willing. No one's oh, asked us yet. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I am uh, Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Jeff Doc or Jeff Doc Grubb at twitter.com. Doc Grubb no, at grubb.com. Yeah, that's right. Um, Twitch.tv slash Jeffrey Grubb. YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. One of those is wrong. I don't. I don't give a shit right now. Um, but yeah, like where you're watching this right now, if you're watching the video version, you'll be able to see us at A3 next week. Um, if you are listening to the audio version, uh, you can also go to mixer.com slash gamesbeat, twitch.tv slash gamesbeat, facebook.com slash venturebeat, all of those. Um, tune in. Yeah. If you follow us on Facebook, uh, and like actually go in there and like hit that follow button, you should maybe get an alert. Uh, when we go live, because we'll schedule those, uh, those, those, each of those events. Um, so that might be a good way to follow us as well if you want to hear all our thoughts. Otherwise, gamesbeat.com. You're going to see everything we write there. And venturebeat.com slash tag slash E3 2018 is underway. All right. I think that's it, Mike. I, I have given people enough information to chew on this week. We're going to say goodbye to you all right now in three, two, one. Goodbye. Bye forever. Man, God, you fucked that up. Bye forever. Bye forever.